Well, hey, everyone, and welcome once again to the Louisville podcast. We're jumping into our series here called Message Notes, where Gord and myself take a deeper look at the recent teaching from this past Sunday. Well, my friends, normally it is Gord who is in the hot seat and I get to ask him all the questions. But this week, the roles are reversed and now I am in the hot seat and Gord is asking me the tough questions. You think I would have thought that maybe preaching out of a passage from Romans wouldn't have been the smartest idea to go up against Gord. Either way, I'm pumped All that right, you're here Gord, with us. Well, and here I we can't are wait for you to listen sermon notes really fun or me- message notes. That's what we call it. Pastor message Gord, message notes. The podcast. Let's dive in. And uh, I think it's safe to say, or fair to say, that the roles are now reversed. Yes, sir. <laughs> so for this one, uh, Gord is going to be asking me the questions, and now I'm on the hot spot. Uh, so this should be fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm glad to uh, not have the pressure of the answers. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I sometimes like the idea of a Q and R over a Q and A. Yeah, yeah. So a Q and R, it's it's a response. It's not necessarily yeah, a full yeah. out answer. Uh, so we were laughing before we started this, um, and simply saying, "Oh well, we normally start with something a little light," but I don't know if I really like talked about anything light in the sermon (laughs) but here we are and we're both we've both got a coffee in our hand yeah so tell me what tell me the journey of your what first what do you drink from starbucks yeah so i drink uh, we talked about my complicated drinks yes that's true (laughs) yours is far simpler yeah i just drink a uh like a medium blonde uh, and typically put a milk in it and uh, sometimes though i won't lie i do appreciate what are those called? Those chai chai lattes. Chai lattes. But I tell you, you got to be careful at what time you drink those because there's so much sugar in them, and and I think they put two or three shots in them of espresso. Depends on the size. Right, and so then I can I can get jittery and I can <laughs> I can go. But I'll tell you what, this I always I like to tell people this. Um, I didn't start drinking coffee until I started working in the local church. <laughs> Oh, goodness. And this is starting to make sense. Yeah. But for me, it almost became like a social thing, right? Like, um, um, you know, when you're, depending on your type of role in pastoral ministry, you're meeting with a lot of people and, Uh you know, they'll suggest, hey, let's go grab a coffee. And you're like, yeah, I guess I'll get one too. (laughs) So that's how it kind of started. But uh, You didn't drink coffee even through college? No. University? Not at all. Wow. Not at all. Never kind of, I just didn't have a taste for it. I do remember, so I think I've, I've mentioned this before. So I'm from Wolfville, Nova Scotia, which is the home of uh, Just Us Coffee for those who, it's like one yeah. of the first fair trade coffee beans in, in Canada. There's many of them now, but it was one of the first. And uh, I remember, um, I have a love for them, so don't worry, I'm not, I'm not bashing them. But I remember going in. As a university student, I think someone gave me like a caramel macchiato from a Starbucks, which once again is just a sugar in Lots of sugar. So that was tasty to me. So I remember going into Just Us when I was home for Christmas. And like I said, I wasn't a coffee person. And walking up to the to the desk or the counter and saying, uh, yeah, I'll, can I just get um, a caramel macchiato? And the girl looks at me with disdain in her eyes. Uh, bordering on disgust, <laughs> I expect. And she goes, ah, do you even know what that is? 
And I went, excuse me? Like, I, I, I didn't know. She's like, you're one of those Starbucks kids, aren't you? Oh. Yeah. So then she went on to explain to me what an actual macchiato was and how it's different from whatever it is that Starbucks serves. And, and I simply just sheepish, sheepishly said, well, can you just try to make me the one that Starbucks does? That <laughs> <laughs> a boy. And she did. She did. Stick to your guns. Yeah. I still gave her a little bit of a tip, so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my journey through coffee. But yeah, I like the blonde roast. It's um, it's a little smoother, I find. And in the yeah. morning, it gives you the good jump. The good jump that you need. Yeah. Good for you. <clears throat> well, let's, uh, let's head down. Um, we were talking uh, on Sunday. You were talking mm. about... Uh, Community Part 2. Yes. And we went into Romans Chapter 12. Yeah, which was which was nervous territory for me, stepping into Romans, where where I'm literally, I've got the pro of Romans across the... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let me start there, though. Okay. Uh, Romans 12, all those verbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what was your initial observation? What were your initial observations about all of those verbs? Well, you know, it's funny. Romans twelve has been a section of of scripture, and obviously specifically Romans, that has been really pivotal for me for many many years. Okay, um, like at a at a young age, um, I you know men's Bible studies and you we'd call it like R12, you know, okay. and we'd surround ourselves around these things, these moments that Paul is teaching on. And for me, I'm a I, I can be an overanalyzer and a thinker sometimes. Sure. And so those verbs for me are really helpful because they're like they're action steps to put into practice that idea of what loving one another actually looks like. Yeah. Right. Um but yeah, like Romans 12, the whole thing is just, I'm trying to, yeah, it's just so many different, and some people refer to them as commands, um, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it's it, they're just pivotal steps for us to say, okay, if you want to put this into practice, like, here's your steps, here's what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. And it covers a wide breadth of, of different... All kinds of things, right? All kinds of things, Yeah. Yeah, when when we talk to couples, we talk to them about love languages, mm. and uh, probably this is Paul giving us a bunch of love languages. Yeah, for sure. What would you say about that? Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. You know, and realizing like Paul showing us that. I, I don't know if I would say that, like, yes, love is complicated for sure, but, like, he's showing us that the expression of love um, is wide. Multifaceted. Multifaceted, yeah. And that we're going to see different ideas of that and how to live that out. Yeah. Um, and for me, when I was, like, like I, I think I mentioned in the in the teaching that, like, a lot of what Paul is bringing out there is countercultural to the to the way we can come sometimes see things. But honor was just one that kind of jumped out at me. Yes. To think like, wow, this is like we just don't use that word. I find often even even in modern culture, people who used to be honored mm. are not anymore. Right. Yeah. 
Would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. People like public officials, teachers, pastors. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, officers of the law. Hmm. Yeah. And even in my context of like my experience of either the word being used in context of me, it's like, as I was kind of doing the deep dive on the actual word and you see that where we get the word honorarium, like it's it's that idea. I'm like, okay, you know, as I've, as I've spoken at different events, you know, there's a little honorarium, which is interesting because it's that idea of putting price and value together and Yes. There you and are. And honoring someone. And honoring someone, yeah. So let me, while we're right there then. Okay. Um, so we talked about how we can honor people. Comment briefly, if you would, on dishonoring one another. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, that's a tough one. Because I think I even mentioned that near the end, like for us to be in reflection on maybe we find ourselves in a spot where we have dishonored someone and what that looks like. And, you know, maybe that's speaking ill of someone close to you behind their back, you know. Oof. That would never happen <laughs> in a church. No. No, yeah. Or maybe it's, yeah, like I... That's one of the ones big for me, you know, because we can be so snide and and it's one thing for people who are close to us, but then we also think of of um, people we're not even connection in connection with, and we can speak ill about them and in many ways. Like I, what's neat too, I didn't get to go down this road, but um, honor is actually a thing like in scripture that talks that's talked about quite a lot. And so, like, examples of honor in the scriptures, which you can start to see of ways as examples how we could have dishonored someone. So, for some of us, one of the hardest ones would be, you know, we're told to honor your father and your mother. Mm. And so, for many of us, it's like, ooh, you know, some of us don't have the greatest relationships with our father and our mother. And it's like, how does... How does that go about? Or me and my experience working with young adults for, for many years, right? It's kind of this, uh, you know, mom and dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? And and there's there's some aspects of that that's just, the you know, the testing of wings and mm. people getting out of the nest yep. or, or not getting out of the nest, I guess. Yeah. But... When those things continue on. Right. Yeah. Is there a point where we should be, quote unquote, growing out of that? Oh, yeah. I think for sure. I think one of the sad things, too, is you see that continuing on even after the grave of some parents, right? Of people talking ill or or just harboring on to hate um, from past relationships that you know what maybe there was some justification happening there where we're not saying that all parents are perfect and nobody's perfect um but we do need to like what are we holding on to and yeah it's and and like i said it's not an easy easy thing no no sure yeah actually um so let's so then let me ask you this question (laughs) That sounds messy. Yeah. So community, you said, 
I think it's almost uh, an exact quote, community is messy. Yeah, yeah. So what does this say then about true discipleship? Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it comes down to that idea of the ideal of community and then the messy reality of community. And um, being true discipleship happens somewhere kind of in between that. Um, and yeah, we've got to ask the question. It's like, do we seek out the messy in our walk with Christ and the things that we are called to do? But um, when you do that, can't you can't you make mistakes? Oh yeah. <laughs> can, can you can you do anything wrong when you do that? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it it's gonna get messy. It's gonna get um and sometimes like I think we can um make messy seem worse than it actually is. Like sometimes it could just be like uh we really kind of boofed that one up right like yeah yeah right and it's like we're gonna learn from it and we're gonna move on and it doesn't have to be something that we're gonna um cry about or as 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 sunny would say around here like no one's gonna lose their birthday over something right right um so there's that type of messy but there is the reality of messy societal messiness um uh, i think of i remember once this just came to me i was a young i was probably like 12 13 maybe 14 in wolfville and uh, there was one of these um, Christian motorcycle guys, right? Just this okay. real gruff guy and uh, standing outside of Tim Hortons. And he uh, looks at me, points right at me. He's like, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And I probably peed in my pants right there on the, <laughs> right there on the spot, right? Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> you know, thank you. You just thank move. You. you just move on. But you think to yourself, man, that like... I'm not saying everyone is is called to be in that type of, of messy, but you see, wow, there, there's an individual who has a has a heart and a passion for people in that lifestyle range. Like, you know, think of the people that he would normally be ministering to um, in biker gangs and this and that. It's like he's getting into the messy. Right? Yes, he's he's getting into the to the the nitty gritty. Um, and he, like, you'd ask someone in that realm, you say, is community messy? And I think they'd go, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But that doesn't mean that that specific messiness is for all of us. Or maybe it is. I don't know. What do you think? Well, (laughs) you know, when I see a church like ours um, Mm. here at Louisville, God just began to bring broken people to us. Right. Yeah. And if we have a call, if we have a calling card, well, we'd have to say we have two. <laughs> we are here to serve, and we've been serving. Right. But another of our pillars is grace must win, and that came out of the fact that we had so many broken people show up, and mm. broken people are messy. Yeah. I'm not making a comment on them as a people. No, 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 no. But if if someone say is addicted, or they're relationship broken Hmm. or their past sins or addictions broken Hmm. then all of that is messy oh yeah 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 and i guess it begs the question too is that if we find ourselves on our uh, spiritual christian journey 
and things seems too and, and things might seem too comfortable then we go are we really seeking first the kingdom because every time jesus brought the kingdom it got messy it got messy oh yeah yeah, I mean, we we had kind of mentioned, you know, that idea of, of seeing Jesus go to lunch with uh, the tax collector. We read that in our modern context, and we go, oh, you know, Jesus was really into lunch, right? And he just wanted yeah. to have lunch with anyone. But we don't, we, we, we can easily forget that from a societal standpoint and from a cultural standpoint of, of Jesus being Jewish and their relationship with the Roman tax collectors, and oh my goodness, it was just... He was going to lunch with like scum of the earth, right? Like, yes. You're like, why would he associate with that person? Yeah, because to you know, like parents have always said, remember you're judged by the company you keep. You know all oh, of that. Oh yeah, yeah. But in certain measure, that it's a stereotype because it's true. Mm. Yeah. And lives have been ruined by the company that was kept. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not altogether, uh, you know, a straw man that we can beat down because right. there's some truth in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is that, I think we need to, like, be aware, too, to there is a balance to it in the sense, you know, we we read in the scriptures that idea of iron sharpening iron. And, um, but that's not all, that's not all fun either, right? We oh <laughs> oh goodness right that's not just about a bunch of Christians hanging out in a room and being like singing kumbaya together that's no 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 this is confrontation yep and it's failure and it's asking mm. forgiveness and it's a bunch of things yeah and I think to circle it into that idea of of where honor fits into that. If honor is prevalent in those situations, then when confrontation happens, then when failure happens, then you're in that safe place where if you start with honor, you know, like, okay, wait, they care for me. They love me. Yes. They're here for me. It's coming from a place of love and, and care and wanting you to grow, not not condemnation. And- right confrontation and too often uh we can run from that right and 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 granted maybe it's because uh in the past we've entered into the messy and we've approached it from a wrong angle right you you start with the confrontation rather than starting with the honor right which hey like i said can be hard can be hard so let me ask uh, just another nuance of this adams Mm. um I grew up in a Christianity that was very cut and dried. Right. <laughs> you believed certain things. You had a certain version of the Bible. Your, oh, yeah. hair, your hair was a certain length. Yeah. You wore certain clothes and didn't wear certain clothes. Yeah. What if some of the messy splashes onto you? Hmm. Yeah, so what if you start growing your hair long? <laughs> no, but even even um, so, you're hanging around with certain people, and then accusations come because you're hanging around with those people. I mean, that's what oh, happened yeah. to Jesus. Oh right? yeah, that's exactly what happened to Can Jesus. Can it happen today? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. 
even more so, well, I shouldn't say even more so, but we live in such an age right now where, you know, social media and photos and, you know, a photo where you might be hanging out in a questionable situation can then spark a wildfire of gossip on on social media. On what and, you were doing there. And... Oh my goodness, what was in your cup and what was, oh, it can just, it can just spiral into it and it just... Sadly, that's part of human nature. We just kind of like, I I think that's the thing. Like, is it our natural inclination to assume the worst when maybe Paul is saying maybe we should assume better? I, what do you think? I'm getting these looks from you, you, you as the listener can't see the looks I'm getting right now from. No, like, I think that's fascinating. I think it's a fascinating insight. And if you go back to the definition of of love in 1 Corinthians 13, Mm. I think we get the answer to that, right? Yeah. That you do, you don't keep track of wrongs, Yeah. but you embrace and love what is right. Right. Mm. And that defines love. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then in, in this context that I'm talking about, the messy... If you see someone and you say, then what should the assumption be? Hmm. Should the assumption be, I wonder what they're up to. Right. Yeah. Or uh, maybe even to pray for the person we see that God will use them in that situation. Hmm. Oh, for sure. That's some that something could happen in their lives where they experience God and yeah yeah, yeah. assume that God is in the mix assume oh, yeah. that God is using His people assume that God's love is in the heart of His people hmm oh yeah yeah and I think that's where that idea of like if we if we start and it's a practice right it's not just gonna come instantly but if we start trying to mentally train ourselves to to think those thoughts before we think the the like oh i wonder what that guy you know the negative the gossipy the you know leaning in that but to to say oh like i was i i was listening to a teaching on this where um the guy was saying you know what if what if we started treating each other like this idea of when we see someone famous or, or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's there's Susan, mother of two. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Check that. She just came in. You know? And it's yeah, like, yeah. wow, okay, that... It sounds funny to our ears when we hear it, but it's like, yeah, I mean, what if we did start treating each other like that? What if we did start showing honor that way and leaning into this this framework that I think Paul is listing out for us. So let me let me put you on the point of it then. <laughs> Here it comes. All right. <laughs> no. I, uh, so let, let me set something up here, and then mm. you can comment on it. Okay. <clears throat> so Mr. or Miss Famous comes into the room, mm. and we're ooing and aahing, and Miss Run-of-the-Mill... Mrs. Run-of-the-Mill, married with a husband, two children, 
Maybe she works in an office. Maybe she's a teacher. Maybe she's whatever. But we don't treat her with that honor. Mm. Comment then, and here's where the question comes. Okay. On where our mindset and value system rests. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it that really speaks to the heart of the matter, right? I think it can yeah. it can all of a sudden show us what you exactly said, where where does our heart and our value system rest? You know, is it is it with the famous person or um I mean, for example, in today's world that we're living in right now, I'm sure people are looking at um at uh, nurses and doctors in a much different light, right? You know, and maybe, maybe I'm not, I mean, I feel like we've, as a society, we've always kind of had like the white coat glasses, right? That idea of we, we hold them in high regard, but it's going to be a way higher regard now, you know? Well, we're holding parades now. Right. And we're doing not protests, but the opposite of a protest, an honor protest, if you will. Right. By lining roads where we know first responders and police and fire will pass by. Mm Mm-hmm. As a way of saying, way to go. Yeah. We're thank here. you. Thank you. We are for you. We are for you. We're with you. Yeah. Yeah. It it really, I think, it'll open up your your mind to start realizing where your heart lies and in what what uh, what like catches your breath in regard to someone, right? You know, I the joke I always make, like, so I'm a I'm a big um, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Switchfoot. Maybe. Yes. Yep. So big Switchfoot fan. I love them to a fault. Like my okay. friends all my friends always laugh with me and say, Adams, they could come out with the worst album in the world and you'd still love it. And buy it. And, and buy it. Oh that. yeah, and all that. So I'm like I don't know if I'm so John Foreman, he's the lead singer, I'd be too nervous to meet him. <laughs> Cause, you know, like it's like yeah, yeah. I'd be afraid I'd say something silly, you know, like, oh I can't, no. I can't at all. Instead, you'd come out with something like, I'm your biggest fan, and I have every piece of music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, now, and now, I'm not necessarily saying that Paul is saying for us to have that same type of, like, nervous <clears throat> excitement for everyone. I think it has to be authentic, right? We can't, like, um, you know, go over the top to the point of it being uncomfortable when someone, like, comes to the church type thing. When you were talking about, like, the famous person coming in versus you know, maybe just the single mom of, of two, we want to be authentic in our honor of them, but to let them know in that, in whatever way that could look like, Hey, we're here for you. We love you. And we think, we think you're doing a great job. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. It was interesting too. Um, I was looking at, um, I, I started talking about this earlier, about like the examples of honor in the scripture and uh, this one, this one's really fascinating that I think many, um, many men need to be reminded of, but man, I didn't, I didn't catch this part. So we know that we hear that husbands are to honor their wives, right? We've, yes. we've heard this before, but the next part of that verse is very fascinating. It says, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Hmm. And I thought, this is very interesting. 
the <clears throat> way we as husbands treat or honor our wives has a direct impact on our communication with God. I don't know, maybe, maybe now I'm turning the tables. I want to hear what you kind of think of that. Because I had never really, that had never shot out to me before. And I thought, whoa, this is really fascinating. How about this? Hmm. How about God being really clear on the condition of a person's heart? Hmm. Do you ever talk anything about that? Yeah. Now we'll go back and say with David, you know, David was this, that, something else. Um, Saul, on the one hand, was the kingliest king you could ever have as king. Right. Six foot nine. Oh, yeah. Built like the pro, uh, the uh, traditional brick pagoda. Oh, yeah, yeah. Handsome. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. And God rips rulership out of his hands mm. and gives it to David, who we're told was a handsome boy, but ruddy. Yeah. And not very big. Hmm. And uh, we were reminded there in First Samuel that God, man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. At the heart, yeah. So here's where I was going with that. Hmm. If that is indeed true, and actually true, right? not hypothetically, no, theoretically, no. theologically true, what if it's actually true? What if what comes out of our hearts toward our wives is the filter through which God views everything else? Mm. Oopsie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Because really, God's saying like, okay, well, if this person is, quote unquote, everything to you within your life and your... Yeah, and you made a vow before me and before others. Yeah. So, God's almost saying like, you think you can just speak to them that way and then come to me and think everything's okay? And that's okay? Ooh. No. No. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it. it I think it. Um, I think it adds a punch. I don't know why I never saw it. I gotta say though, I'm feeling guilty right now. <laughs> Yo, no, no. I no. think there's a little measure of conviction going on for me right now. So I'm. I, I'm not sure if we should uh, continue or I. Should, <laughs> I should go into a prayer closet and repent. <laughs> oh, hey, no. I was like, I even made the joke. Not, not specifically on this thing, but like that whole. Uh, um, you know, not to say this, that, that we've got to honor each other, but like, and not to look down at each other. And, and I was like, oh man, like I can, like when it comes to like music for me, like I can, I was like, oh, you listen to that. <laughs> Ooh. Right. And I'm like, oh no, I need to. Oh, just a little bit of condescension. Yeah. Just, a, just a little, a little bit can kind of come out there. So I, yeah. I need to be careful. I need to be careful. So I guess maybe I'm not sure on the time. We may be running out of time. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll take a look. We're okay. Yeah. So I have at least one more question for you. Yes, for sure. And I'll flubber through it. <laughs> this, no, this, no, we're doing fine. This whole thing had started with the idea of love. 
Mm. Like Romans 12, uh, 9 to 17, being Paul unpacking what love looks like. Yeah. Now, one of the phrases in there um, is love is to be genuine. Yeah. Um, and the word used there is to be non-hypocritical. Mm. You know, I'm sure, that the phrase hypocrite came from the theater where people wore masks to portray yeah. the character they were. Mm. So love is to be without a mask. Yeah. So here's my question. What kinds of things, in your opinion, are not genuine? <laughs> Do we have any of those in our culture? Do we have any of those in our churches? Do we have any of those in our lives? Oh, yeah. What do they look like when we have them? Yeah, like the not like the not, the not real. genuine. Yeah, versions of love. Hmm. There's, I mean, yes to everything you just said. <laughs> um, yeah. Just trying to think of like tangible examples of in my own life and in my own experience. I mean, you see like, so, so you mean the things that maybe we as a society would say are love but aren't really or we embrace them or we push them out there as love but they're not really mm. okay give me give me a throw me a, a an example in your mind and then it'll get my mind going okay i i will i'll go for the low hanging fruit okay so we have someone who's famous, I don't know, an athlete, um, an actor or actress, a musician, mm -hmm. somebody famous. And we might show up with signs and tell, you know, oh, sure, yeah. I, I, we love you, we love you. And then they stumble. Uh and then what? And then we just toss them out. We toss them out, and on the way, we trash them on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to say that the love was not genuine. For sure, yeah. Sadly, too, I think we see that, and sometimes more so, like sadly enough, more so within our our christian subculture of not just famous people but even people who we would say are our friends and maybe they stumble yep and then instead of being there to help them up being there as they're still down on the ground we just cast them out and you go did we actually show them love in that moment and no no we didn't we didn't yeah which is another example that not only is community messy, but love in itself can be messy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's an interesting thing too, and 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 part of it I think is is our 
English language of even the word love can can kind of like flatten it out where in the Bible there's multiple words um, used to kind of describe the different aspects of love. You know, there's the love of, of friendship and the love of, of a husband and wife and those being not necessarily the same thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just... Yeah, it's tough. I think everyone can think in their own mind of examples in their their own lives of what's genuine, what's not. Um, but really, it's almost like um, when we start to see whether it's genuine is really when times get tough and when things get tested. And that's when we start to see the real, um, which is not always a fun experience but man when you come out on the other side of that experience so i have a phrase in mind Hmm. this is not a quiz but i'm (laughs) going to ask you the question give me a phrase that describes genuine love genuine love is like this is the hearts and frills of Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah, yeah. No. no. Love is like biblical love, genuine love. Hmm. Is like the love I have for a friend. We like one another. We hang out because we like the same things. Genuine love is like what? It's funny, for some odd reason, and I could be totally off here, but this was like, so I, I, I really, really love music. I love playing music. And so one of the first things I thought of was um, like the creation of a, of a symbol, like a drum symbol. Um, I don't know if you know how they're made. but I don't. Uh, I don't really know. And I, I know they've probably got to start with... <laughs> A chunk of metal, and they've got to flatten it out, and then they've got to shape it. Yeah, so they shape it, and then you can get these ones that are like hand hammered, so okay. you can see the dents and you see the. What's the purpose for the dents? Do you know? I'm not totally sure. I'm sure it has something to do with frequencies or what it sounds okay, like. Okay, so if it... you're listening to this and you know what the purpose for the dents are and the, yeah. in the symbols, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Help yeah. us out here. I want to hear. I'm sure. Well, actually, I'm. I'm sure uh, Sonny would probably have an idea, being a yeah. being a drummer. And uh, either way, um, but yeah, I'm thinking to myself. And it's it's a funny example because sometimes we hear this in a negative way, certainly within scripture. But the clashing of a symbol or the banging of a symbol. But yet at the same time, a symbol um, can also be like this beautiful like entry point, right? Like this. Like the, or crescendo. Uh, the crescendo, right? So there's the clash where it's like, ooh. And then there's the crescendo where you go, ah. ah. But the creation of that is not this like, like we're talking hammers. We're talking flattening. We're talking stretching. We're talking pulling. We're talking, it's almost, so in my mind, my my first idea was like, you know, that genuine love is like the the molding and hammering and the, and the stretching and the pulling and the beautiful sound of the crescendo of a symbol yeah nice you can quote me on that yeah good no that's good <laughs> that's where my mind went but yeah good but um 
yeah, I think we were told in our subculture right now that it's got to be the easiest journey ever. And it like, you know, when the, when quote unquote, the stars align and, and this, that comes together or what's your, what's your sign and your sign works with my sign and we fit together like a puzzle piece. And you joke, you go, <sighs> no, no, it just doesn't equate. It doesn't work. And you know, that's not to say we, we shouldn't have room for romantic love. I, oh, I write cards for my dear wife of almost 42 years. That's awesome. We're, we're about a month away from 42. How old were you guys when you got married? Uh, <laughs> Dating you now. <laughs> t- 22. 22. Nice. Yeah. And I was about to become 23. Right. Rosalie's yeah. birthday is April. She had just turned 22. Nice. Mine's in July. I was about to turn 23. Nice. There you go. Yeah. I was about to turn 28, and Caitlin was twenty was 24 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But we had dated. We we had dated for four years. On top yeah, we that. dated less than a year. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> this poor lady, I think if she'd had more time to hang around and take a look, she'd have said, nah, I've kicked the tires on that thing. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's what's funny, though, right? We're told that narrative of, like, you know, it's got to be this picture-perfect thing in society. And it's not, and like you said, it's not to say that romance is not part of it. It's not to say that it's all duty and and duty and honor, right? It's not to say it's just that. Um, But there are hard roads, and and I'm still early in in that journey in my mind, uh, in my my life, and so, you know, my bumps have been trivial bumps compared to those who have been on the journey for a longer time, so. um, I go back to, uh, and this wasn't an illustration of love, but I, I go back to a movie years ago, and I can't even tell you the name of the movie. I know that it was Keanu Reeves. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Was a coach of a little baseball team. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Now, I think I have the right actor. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. And at <laughs> one point, he says to his guys, it's been quite a road, and he says, I am just blown away by your ability to keep showing up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think there's an element of that in love that's genuine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's true. Like, I have five men in my life who, if I did something really stupid... They're going to let you know. (laughs) No, not only that. I could call them, and they would not run the other way. Right. There are some people that if I called them and told them, they would be those people you were talking about a while ago that they would just cast me off and I'd never hear from them again. Hmm. Yeah. But I've got five men in my life who wouldn't walk. Hmm. And I'm sure on the flip side of that for you, you are that to them as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not just a one-way street type so thing. So, yeah. you know, it took me a long time to get um, comfortable with it. Hmm. But... 
I have begun to say to these men, I love you. Hmm. Yeah. Not in any kind of creepy, weird oh, way. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Just we have breakfast or we have a coffee or we're on the phone. I'll say, I love you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love you too. Because in this world of uh, mistakes, mm -hmm. I have and will, I have, do, and will make mistakes. Mm. And some of them are big mistakes. Yeah. And uh, what's most important for me is someone in my life who won't turn and hightail mm -hmm. when there's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in it's so important to and the hard reality is for many people you don't realize the importance of those relationships until later in life. Yeah. And it's like if you can instill that early in your days. Yeah. It's going to be better. But like you said, certain certain certainly like the um, when you just said how it took you a while to actually uh -huh. verbally say, like, I love you, man. Um, um, and by for... the way, I'm 63. <laughs> so, so it's taken a long time to get there. Yeah, no, but I, it's, it's the same in my, in my world as well, Gord, because it's like, yeah, I have guys in my life who, whom I love, I appreciate. And if I'm honest with you, I don't know if I've ever really, verbalized in specific words what they mean to me. Hmm. And that's something that I know I need to do, you know? Not just because it's like a quote-unquote command of me to do, but that I think that will solidify and instill the deeper connection that I have with those guys. You know what I mean? Yep. Hmm. So now you've convicted me. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, uh, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I am just an instrument. <laughs> oh, stop. Yeah. Yeah. One more question. For sure. Does being loved in the genuine way and honored, mm -hmm. referring back to the message that right. you had on uh, Sunday, does that in Europe, what does that do for our security as a person when we are loved and honored that way? Yeah, so when you say, elaborate on when, when you say the word security, do you mean? Well, I'm an insecure person by okay. definition. Yeah. So our security and how we view ourselves. And how we view those relationships. Mm. With those five men, I don't, uh, let, me, let me show you where this shows up. Mm. So I have these five. 
And if they bust my hump on a given day, Mm -hmm. if they tease me mercilessly, I never think they don't love me anymore. Right. Yeah. There are other people with whom I do not have the security of relationship Mm. who when they say something biting or even if it's teasing, Mm. I begin to wonder what they really think of me. Yeah. Not and some would say, well, it shouldn't matter. Well, you know what? Okay, but it does matter. No, yeah, I th- I think you're absolutely right in in that sense of security, in the sense of <sighs> your confidence of self, right, can be vastly changed on the genuine love that you experience at you, but also that you experience flowing out of you, um, can greatly change how we view ourselves, how we look at ourselves in the mirror, how we respond to, like you said, those, it might just be a silly tease here and there, but man, more often than not, you know, you hear a, you hear a comment from someone who maybe is not in that type of relational connection with you. And that can send you down a a spiral of of thinking, wait, is that, is that true about me? Am I actually like that? And that's where we need those relationships, um, within the body of Christ to, to lift us up, to honor each other, to love one another so that we can be who we are called to be and not get distracted by our own sense of our own kind of minds concentrating on the mud on our shoes type thing as a funny little analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Because by the way, some people act as if they don't have mud on their shoes. Hmm. Yeah. Listen, we're all walking the same path. Yeah. <laughs> I have mud on my shoes, and guess what? So do you. <laughs> so do you. I didn't want to point it out, but yeah. since we're right there, I will point it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Thanks, Adams. No, thank you. This, this was, was fun. This was fun today. Uh, most of it was. <laughs> A few, a few challenging por- portions. A few, a few challenging portions. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's good. And the fun thing, too, is we'll be doing this again next week. Next once, week, we're back once, on. We're back and, on. And uh, you will have been the preacher again. Again, yeah. And that's great. And we'll go from there. We'll look forward to it. Thank okay. you, Adams. Thank you. Okay, bye.